Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 156th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Fred Brown looking. Oh, way to Worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it! The Tar Heels are the national gaggum champions. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys once again as I've got another interview. Former Tar Heel national champion, Marcus Ginyard, a guy I've brought on back when we were known as the Roy's Boys podcast. He joined me to talk about, of course, this upcoming year's team. He was on the call for the exhibition against Johnson C. Smith last Friday. Uh, so we, we talked about this year's team, his his life update and his journey through basketball, what he's doing off the court as well as, you know, maybe some things with, with, with Roy Williams transitioning into retirement and Hubert Davis taking over. So let's not wait any longer. Let's jump into my conversation with former Tar Heel national champion Marcus Ginyard. I welcome in former Tar Heel national champion Marcus Ginyard. Marcus, good afternoon, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, but I'm just going to go ahead and correct you right now so we don't get started off on the wrong foot here. I am always a Tar Heel. I am not a former Tar Heel. I am a current Tar Heel. That's <laughs> that's that's what we like to hear. That's that's a part of you being a part of the, the Carolina basketball family. Um, it's been a while. I brought you back on back when uh, the podcast was known as the Roy's Boys podcast because at the time they were, of course, coached by then – uh, Roy Williams. Well, since since the last time I brought you on, uh, he has retired, and Hubert Davis, you know, took over last year and led the team on a Cinderella run all the way to the national title game. I want to take you back to the day that Roy Williams announced his retirement. If you remember, it was on April Fool's Day when you got the news that your former head coach was retiring. Did you think it was a joke? 
I did actually, Josh. I was in France at the time, and uh, I remember walking out of practice, and now, uh, um, and I had a message on my phone from Eric Hoots, or a missed call, excuse me, on my phone from from Eric Hoots, and I called him r- right back once I got it. It was very unusual for him to call me that early in the morning. Remember, I'm in France; I'm six hours ahead, so it was kind of the morning for him, and so. I called him back and he didn't answer. And I thought that was really, really strange. And, you know, later I got a message from a, a friend of mine who, who played at, at the University of Maryland. And he was like, man, can you believe it? And I was like, what are you talking about? You know? And so then I kind of, you know, got a few other messages in there about coach retiring. And then to your point, right. I looked at my phone and I said, man, it's, it's, it's April fools today. I'm not buying into that. And then sure enough, you know, things just started coming out from, you know, more and more, reliable sources and the next thing you know it's on espn man i just couldn't believe it it was obviously i think it, it, it kind of shocked the world but um I, I do remember that day very well josh yeah i think all of us i mean i can remember i was on my way on vacation actually and uh the news broke on twitter luckily i was 15 minutes away from my office i was able to you know postpone my vacation for a day do all the things that you know we do in, in the sports broadcasting world to be there to cover that news and it, it will always be an emotional day for those of us that grew up watching the Tar Heels be coached by Roy Williams, is there a is there a favorite story you'd be willing to share about your time, whether you were in Chapel Hill playing for him or something that stood out to him after you left Chapel Hill that you'd be willing to share? Um, yeah, one thing uh, about after is um, you know I had the the gosh had the pleasure, the the joy, the honor, the I mean just all of the things to to go down to Pinehurst and play golf with Coach Williams. Um, a couple months ago, and that was the first time since I graduated that I was able to spend time with him um, on the golf course. And, you know, it just kind of goes to show you, you know, that the, the, not only the type of coach that he was, but the type of man that he is, the type of person that he is, that, you know, he still continues to surround himself with his players, uh, his former coaches, um, because they, be, they, they are his family, right? You know, we talked about the Carolina family, you know, just to begin this, this segment, and it's a real thing. It, it just felt awesome to be able to spend that time with him after coming back from Europe, obviously not having the chance to physically kind of be around him in that way, but finally being back from, from playing in Europe and have a chance to spend time with him on the golf course. And, uh, you know, funny, every, everybody all, everybody knows that, that, that Coach Williams loves to, you know, to, to put out some friendly wagers and, and, and bet on a few things. Obviously, he's a very competitive man. And um, I will say for the very first time ever, in my life, I was able to win money off of Coach Williams. <laughs> and I want to say thank you to Bobby Fraser for that because we were playing the cradle at Pinehurst, and Coach Williams did not think that Bobby was going to par this hole that we were sitting at watching him, um, watching you know their, their group of guys play. And I bet on Bobby, and, and Bobby won big for me. So um, I won't tell you exactly how much money I won off of him, but I felt great that I won some money off of Coach Williams. So... Well, that's that. That's certainly awesome. Um, well, since the last time, well, well, since the since the last time that I talked to you, uh, it wasn't just Coach Williams who retired. You retired from playing uh, professionally basketball overseas, as you mentioned. You were in France when you when you found out about the news of his retirement. And since then, you have now hung up. You know the sneakers. What 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 led you to that decision and 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 finally walk away from playing basketball from a a, a, a professional level? Yeah, Josh. You know, there, there's a lot of factors that that go into play here, and um, you know, don't want to make your segment three hours long, but on a you know on a high level, um, 
you know, it, it became tiresome to, to be 5,000 miles away from my friends and family and, and loved ones. And, um, you know, the business of basketball also takes a toll on you. I, you know, I don't, I don't care where you play. Um, the business of professional sports, I think, will, will also take a toll on you at some point. Um, and, you know, also just, just trying to be forward-thinking and proactive in the idea that the, the runway of my professional basketball career is getting shorter and the runway for my career after basketball is, is, is long, right? And so just came to the decision that 11 years of playing professional basketball was a, a phenomenal feat. Uh, something to be super proud of and something that I learned a lot from. Um, but I felt that it was in my best interest to, to start putting my energy towards what life after basketball was going to look like. And so um, there were a couple of different factors that kind of helped push me in that direction. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think it was the, the best move for me. And, and I'm excited for this new challenge and, and excited to be in this, in this, let's call it second, second chapter or third chapter for that matter, you know, really, um, of my life. And so um, I took a job in December of last year working with a company called Metalist Capital. We are based out of Charlotte, uh, but have offices in Raleigh, Charleston, and Atlanta. And I work out of our Raleigh office. And we are a commercial real estate financial services firm who has traditionally kind of hung our hat on helping commercial real estate owners and developers place debt and equity on their commercial real estate assets and, and, and projects. Um, you know, some may think of this as kind of a, a mortgage banking role in the commercial real estate space. Uh, so that's what I've been up to since um, since hanging the hanging the old shoes up. And, and again, like I said, I'm just super excited to to be getting going on this path and to be getting into you know a new industry and, and a fantastic market here in the Triangle. And so just just excited to kind of put my head down and grind it out and become the best mortgage banker that I can be in the commercial real estate space. We're excited to watch you grow off the court. And speaking, you said, you know, you're ready for that next chapter after after playing basketball, but it, it still has you in and around the game as Carolina last Friday, they hosted Johnson C. Smith in an exhibition in, 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 to get you ready for the upcoming basketball season. And you were you were on the call for that. And we're going to talk about, you know, what, what stood out to you about that in just a moment. But First, I want to ask you, what was that experience like broadcasting a game in a gym that you played your college ball for, you know, for a team that you played college ball with for ESPN? Walk me through what was that What was that experience like for you? You know, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And, Josh, you know, this is actually the third time that I got to do that. I got to do late night last year. I got to do the exhibition game against Elizabeth City State last year. And so it was ex- very exciting to be able to get to do it again and kind of continue to build that, um, you know, get those reps in and, and, and kind of build that skill set uh, with the Johnson C. Smith game, um, like you said, last week. And, um, you know, it, it's incredible. It's incredible to be able to, one, have that headset on and, and, and get to talk basketball and, and, and get to analyze a game from that perspective. And, and then obviously, two to be in the arena and to be, to be calling the game for the team that you play for and, I mean, there's just a lot of emotions that, that, that go into that. And I'm just kind of really just just blown away and surprised and, and just super grateful and thankful to even have that opportunity. You know, it's just kind of one of those dreamy type of situations, right, where you get to come back and be around the program and interact with the coach and, and sit on, on the court right there, you know, across from the scores table and, and, and get to do a job that you watch so many other great broadcasters do and then to do it with – you know, a combination of ACC Network and ESPN. I mean, it's, it's, it's surreal at times. And so 
um, just kind of hoping that, you know, there'll be more opportunities for, for me to put that headset on and, and get to talk basketball and, um, yeah, just, just keep my fingers crossed for that, but it was a phenomenal experience. Well, now let's talk about the, 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 the game that you were there broadcasting and the team that, that we focus on here, which is Carolina. And you're, you're, you're no stranger. You keep up with the program, even though you, 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 you've, you've hung up the, you, the, the Carolina uniform. This team comes off a, a season where they were, they'll tell you they were a rebound away from winning a national championship. Four starters are back. They add a veteran transfer in Pete Nance. They bring back their two key players off the bench, four new freshmen. With that, preseason rank number one, the ACC media prediction to win the ACC this season. What impressed you the most, albeit the competition last Friday night, from the team as they get as they get ready to go on what's going to be this six-month journey of getting back to the Final Four in hopes of cutting down the nets and winning a national championship? Well, you know, Josh, I think one of the biggest things that, that stood out to me, not only during the game, but during the preseason and during some of the practices that I was able to attend um, leading up to last Friday's game, is I, I think the level of focus from this team, right? I think that it's very easy to get into a situation where you were that close, um, you experienced a very high level of success, you know, even though you weren't able to kind of get over the hump, let's say, and, and, and cut down the nets, you still were able to accomplish something that nobody thought that you would. You know, you got a lot of preseason nominations out there. And, you know, there's this idea that maybe, maybe your head is too big going into the season. Um, you know, you got a lot of people patting you on the back right now. You got a lot of people betting on you right now. And, and you know, we talked to Coach Davis before the game on Friday, and he said that last season – one of his main worries was, can the team block out the noise, right? The noise of the critics, the noise of their friends and family, the noise of, you know, just all the things that surround a college basketball team, you know? And now he's still worried about that noise, but that noise is coming from a very different place, right? Now that noise is, like I said, the pats on the back, the you guys are great. The, hey, can I get tickets to the game? Because, you know, everybody wanted to watch the number one team in the country play. And, you know, and so just staying focused was a, a big worry for Coach Davis. And then quite honestly, I think for the fans as well. But what I've seen in my time around the around the team so far is that these guys are focused. They're hungry. They know that there's something out there for them that they left on the table. And, and they're really hungry to go get it. And so I'm just excited to see this team grow. And, and you know, to your point, it's a six-month journey. It's a long journey. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen. And so I just think that, you know, these guys are focused on the day-to-day, trying to become a better team, trying to be great teammates, trying to be great players. And I think it's all going to pan out for us in the end. And so I'm just excited to see this all come together. But I think that one of the things that I'm super excited about is just their mindset, right, their hunger um, and their focus. One thing we got told a lot once Hubert Davis was hired was that, you know, he, he may be a guy that smiles a lot, but he's deeply competitive. And it took a lot for him to kind of show that on the sidelines last year. But once it came out, it really came out in, in, in full force. And I think it showed up big time in, that sh- in, in the exhibition game the other night when he called a timeout, when the team didn't run back and they gave up a transition three, even though they'd already built up a lead that, quite frankly, wasn't going to be you know in danger moving forward. You're talking about a guy who's in his, just, just his second year, but he's he's at a job where the, the expectations always high, and now there is pressure to meet expectations, given off or given what this team did in March of last season. 
What do you think about Hubert Davis and and his mentality as he gets ready to lead this team on this journey? Because you know we hope that we're going to get the ultimate highs, but there are going to be some lows. You know, do you worry about him having enough experience to to lead this team on a revenge tour? Well, first of all, let me just start off by saying, Josh, that, that I absolutely love Coach Hubert Davis. Um, as a man, as a father, as a husband, as a coach, um, as a friend, this is a guy that practiced with our group of guys um, when we were playing at Carolina, somebody that came back and, and, and um, you know, really kind of helped show us the way in terms of how, how to play Carolina basketball. And so um, I couldn't think of a better person to be leading this team, and, and I have all the confidence in the world I mean, his ability to lead this team. And I, I think that last year was just a uh, just a small window into that, right? I think that we've all seen, um, you know, what Coach Davis can bring uh, to this organization and w- what he will continue to bring to this organization. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, how do you get this team to perform to the expectations? And, and, and you know, it's an interesting concept and an interesting way to look at it. But, you know, I think that Coach Davis is very – He's not worried about that, right? Because he understands from a very fundamental perspective and level that what it takes to succeed, what it takes to to, to perform at the highest level, what it takes to to, to find those high levels of success and to and to make it to the final four and and to win in those big time games and to beat Duke at Duke and you know like he understands that better than, than most people do. And so I think that his focus, and again, don't take this as me speaking for him, but from what I see, I think that his focus is just let us do the things that we know will give us a chance to be successful, which is busting our butts every day, being great people on and off the court, working on our game individually, right? Like paying attention to the small details, which I think is what we saw in that situation that you're talking about, right? If I'm not mistaken, Tyler Nichols hits a three. Everybody's excited. Everybody goes crazy. But you got three guys that jog back on defense and they give up a three. And now whether we're up 30 points or not, that is not a habit that is going to lead us to success down the line. And so he made it a point to say, hey, let's not think about the score. Let's think about how we're playing. And so I think when you're focused on details like that and you're focused on the process – what gives us a chance to be successful? I, I think at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself in a good position. You know, you add that to the talent that we have. Um, I mean, those are it's just a great match. And so I, I'm super excited about Huber being the, the, the head of this organization right now. I think that he's got a ton, a ton of, of potential that we still haven't even seen yet. And so I, I'm just super excited about the trajectory of this program, the um, – you know, it was sad to see Coach Williams leave, obviously, but the program is in great hands, and I really couldn't think of anybody better to be be the head coach of North Carolina basketball. One of the, the reasons the team ultimately fell short was a lack of depth on the roster because Hubert Davis, you know, about midway through the season, just trusted to play five guys and maybe a reserve or two off the bench when necessary. And so the theme all summer long was we got to build depth, we got to build depth. A phrase that that I've really coined is that you can get to the national title game playing six guys, but you can't win it. And so that uh, you know, so now you look at you bring in Pete Nance from Northwestern. Your your top two guys that came off the bench when you used them, those two guys are back. Then you got four incoming freshmen. You saw the team up close and personal last week. Do they have 
enough horses to, 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 to get back to the Final Four and this time hopefully finish the job? Uh, they absolutely have what it takes to, to get back to the Final Four, to cut down the nets in Houston. There is no doubt in anybody's mind um, that that is the case. Now, again, um, kind of what I alluded to earlier, you know, it's a long season and there's a lot of things that can happen. One of those things that can happen is that your group doesn't come together the way that they should or that somebody gets hurt or that somebody plays an incredible game and scores 50 points on you, right? Like there's just so many things that can happen, which is one of the, th- one of the reasons why we love college athletics and why we love athletics in general, right? Like throw the ball up and see what happens. And so to answer your question, yes, we have what it takes. We have more than what it takes in my personal opinion. However, does that translate to it getting done? Well, that's left to be seen. And, um, you know, again, that's what makes a season like this so exciting because we get to see the growth. We get to see how the team comes together. We get to see how their confidence builds. We get to see how they deal with adversity. And, and you know, that's all going to be, a, you know, a telltale sign of kind of how things could end up um, early in early in April. So um, it's, it's an exciting time to be a, a Carolina basketball fan. And I'm really just looking forward to, to seeing this whole thing unravel. We're talking with forever Tar Heel and national champion Marcus Ginyard. And Marcus, Armando Baycott did some historic things a year ago, some things that we've you know, we we've never seen a big man do at Carolina. And you played with one of the, the, the best all-time, if not the best all-time, in Tyler Hansborough. But a lot of people around the program say there's another level he can get to while he's in college. You, you, you've you've been at, you've been in some practices. You've been around the program. What areas of Armando's game do you think he could go and take his game to another level or two? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm so glad that you bring that up, and I hope that there's a chance that Armando hears this one day. But I just want more from him, you know. And he had a fantastic season, a fantastic season, and put up phenomenal numbers and incredible records broken and all those things. But I still see so much more with him, and I. I what I would like to see personally from Armando is a is a, a shift in his mentality. I want to see Armando want to absolutely destroy everybody in front of him every single time he steps on the court. And while his numbers are, are incredible, historic, obviously, um, I just want to see more of that killer instinct in him. And um, – and, and that's not to say that that's something that held him back, or but I just see that as a place that that he can grow, and I and I think that that will, I, I think that that will change a lot about how the team can succeed because even if he's not the guy that scores, I think him being a, a force that is just in, just so much more aggressive, um, the way that he attacks the boards, the way that he wants to finish, and you know, I just think that that mentality will help elevate our team to an even higher level. So I think that we saw that. I think we saw that in moments um, throughout the season. And, and again, it, it's hard to say that that he didn't have that when you look at the numbers, right? But I, I do think that there's another level there for him in, in that regard. And, and, and other things as well, you know, obviously people are going to talk about him stepping out and shooting a 15-footer, 18-footer. But at the end of the day, I just want to see his mentality shift to – Whoever is in front of me is about to have the worst night of their life. All right, Marcus, I'll get you out on one final question. I've asked every uh, every guest I've brought on this question since the season ended last year and everybody came back and getting ready for this season. We talked about this team returning four starters, 
They add a transfer for incoming freshman preseason number one and the media's pick to win the ACC. Is this season, and you've played on a team that had this this type of expectation around them as well, is this season national title or bust for Carolina? That's that's the first that's the first stumped question that I have right now. Um, I, you know, I, Josh, I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't love I don't love the question. However, you know, I'm gonna leave that. To, I'll leave that to a journalist. <laughs> I I am I am proud of my team. I'm proud to be a Tar Heel. I'm excited to see what this team can do. I know that 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 we, I know that we have the potential to be that last team standing. Um, but I do not, I do not want to be on record as saying it's a bust if we don't win the national championship. Touche, touche. Well. Uh, first off, I'm really proud of myself for for stumping you. That's the first time I've ever stumped a guest. Uh, so so uh, so I will allow you to to dodging my question, Marcus. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for taking some time out of uh, out of your busy work schedule. We we'll be keeping up with your accomplishments and your new walk of life, and and hopefully we can talk about the Tar Heels sometime later down the road. Okay, man. Absolutely, I really appreciate your time, and I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. All right. There you go, guys. That was Marcus Ginyard, uh, former, or as he reminded us, current forever Tar Heel national champion. Um, that was that that was a lot of fun. I can't I cannot say I've ever stumped a guest before, and I was not I was not prepared to stump him right there. But um, that that was some awesome stuff, and uh, we we do appreciate Marcus for coming on and taking some time to talk some Carolina basketball with us. Well, with that. Let's take a quick break. I'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings, and when we come back, I'll shut down this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off this season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Opt in and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA, whether it's the local Charlotte Hornets or my beloved New York Knicks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. With promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys have been taking great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the Four Corners side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Head over to DraftKings. 
Use those promo codes, guys. That way you can uh, you, you 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 can earn some new money or, or or earn some extra money and have some extra holiday spending money with Christmas right around the corner. Well, with that, that is going to wrap up this edition of the show. We do encourage you guys to visit the website heeltoughblog.com for all things Virginia of uh, uh, this weekend for Carolina football as they travel to Charlottesville, a chance to win the ACC Coastal for the first time in seven years, the first time since Mac Brown came back. Anthony will be getting you ready with the preview, and then, of course, after the game we'll have you a recap, a trench report, a stock report, as well as Ashton's analysis on the basketball side of things. Ashton continues his core four previews. He's got R.J. Davis and Leaky Black. Those those articles will be up on the site, and before you know it, I'll be previewing Carolina's matchup with UNC Wilmington uh, on Monday night as Carolina does tip off their basketball season. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Port, the, the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. You can rate, review the podcast right there. But most importantly, guys, we do encourage you to hit that subscribe button. A busy week on the podcast with a front court preview, a back court preview, and interviews with Josh Graham, John Crispin, and this one right here like Marcus Ginyard. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the podcast during the basketball season. With that, I want to thank Marcus once again for joining me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.